It's the amazing Rico Bronia podcast with your host, Evan Roberts. Woo! Welcome to Rico Bronia. Uh, this podcast could have been a very, very negative, very angry, very bitter podcast. And as I'm watching the New York Mets take on the Cincinnati Reds in the finale of this three-game series, in my mind, I was preparing all the vile, mean things I was going to say about, you name the player, Francisco Lindor, 0 for his last 10. Jeff McNeil, after the clutch hit in the first inning, does nothing afterwards. I was even a little angry with Buck Showalter, which I'll explain later. But the Mets went from suffering what would have been, in my opinion, the worst loss of the year, not even close, into another yes kind of victory. But first, let me start off with my good friend, Peter Hoffman. Pete, I'm confused about something. Uh Uh-oh. I told Pete, I said, listen, I don't know what time we're going to record the Rico because I'm such an anal Met fan that when I get back from doing the show, the afternoon show with Craig, I always start the game late because I want to I watch every pitch. I want to score the game. I want to watch everything. So ultimately, I think a part of the reason why I don't tweet as much during games is I'm, I'm usually not live. I'm usually behind. Tonight was a night in which I was way behind. And so I wanted to be a good man. So I texted Pete very early in the night. And I said, look, I am way behind. Let's figure we're going to record this at 11-ish. Now, I didn't know how long the game would be. And I also, I have to make a confession, Pete. I didn't trust you because you and I have never dealt with the whole, hey, Evan, DVR is the Met game thing. So while I think you're a smart guy, sometimes I wonder. So when I texted you, hey, I'm behind, probably going to record this thing at 11 I threw my phone away because I didn't trust Pete <laughs> writing back something along the lines of, boy, this offense sucks. This is going to be a podcast. And I like, I don't know. So I threw the phone away and I said, listen, when the game is done, I'll immediately text Pete because I want to keep him posted and then we'll record the Rico. So game goes a lot longer than I expected. Obviously crazy game. I'm telling you, this second Edwin Diaz strikes out Tommy Pham. I grab my phone immediately to say, all right, Pete, I'm ready to go. And here's what I see texted to me via Pete Hoffman. Are you sleeping? <laughs> Am I sleeping? <laughs> what, what game? Now, I apologize because you did write me back when I told you we were going to court after 11, and you were great. You're like, I'll give you uh, uh, what inning are you in? Perfect. I didn't read any of that. Because I didn't trust you. Now I do. So from now on, if I'm behind in a game, I'll trust you. But what the hell made you question if I'm sleeping or not? I'm a sarcastic texter, sarcastic Twitter follow. So all the above. Have you watched? looked at my tweets just now? I have not looked at any they're, tweets. They're blowing up. I'm getting... I after we'll, and we'll get into it. So I don't want to spoil right now, but it's they're blowing up because there's a lot of sarcastic trade talk after every big hit, after every big hit. Oh, so, I see. So that so, was a sarcastic, hey, are yeah. you sleeping, pal? All right. Yeah, because, I, I, dude, I know what was going on. I was just, like, waiting to get a response, but it's all by, good. By the way, <laughs> just out of curiosity, before we break down this game, the series, talk a lot of Mets baseball, how far behind was I? Like, when I texted you, that's exactly when I finished the game. How soon after the game did I text you? Was I, like, an hour behind or less or more? When you texted me originally, I think 
they just tied the game. Really? I, I was just, that far behind? It was something like that. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, like, when the game was over, I'm like, I'm expecting it could be, it's going to be a while. So, I was like, I put my kid to bed, or now he's back in my room. But I, at least I had a lot of time to mess around. So, I was like, this is going to be a late night podcast. No problem at all. Yeah. I'm sorry, bro. I mean, he, oh, here's dude. the thing. This is why DVR is the greatest invention of all time, because if there was no DVR, I don't think I'd be married or I wouldn't be as great of a fan as I think I am. Not not great fan in terms of I'm so great, great fan in terms of I watch everything. I don't want to miss a pitch. I don't think I'd be able to pull that off without DVR, because like a night like tonight's a perfect example. I got home. My kids are having a tough time sleeping. Plus, I wanted to debrief with my wife. I wanted to hear about her day. She wanted to hear about my day. By the time all that's done, Pete, it's freaking 9 o'clock oh, wait. at night. Can I stop you right there? Yes. You guys want to hear about each other's day? That's that right. happens? Yeah, we still do that. <laughs> oh, my God. Good for you, dude. Yeah, no, I mean, and I genuinely care about her day, and I think she cares about my day. It usually starts with, what jackass-airy thing did Craig do today? <laughs> nah, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. She's sweet. Well, look, here's the bottom line, Met fans. I have tried to keep an even keel over the last few weeks because they haven't played great baseball. You know, we haven't denied that. The one thing I'll deny is the idea that they're collapsing or the idea that there was a need to panic. I've tried to keep a very even keel through this. I even said to you last week, I have confidence they'll do well against Texas. They'll do well against Cincinnati. They'll bounce back. And look, overall, they did. They won four out of six games against the Rangers and Reds. Yeah, we wanted more. Sure, we would love to have swept the Cincinnati Reds. I totally get it. But overall, they have they have maintained the ship. I got to tell you, watching this game on Wednesday night, I was floundering. I was getting very, very pissy. Uh, I was starting to reminisce about years past, which I don't want to do. Like, I've heard you say that, Pete, and... Like, I respect that that's how you feel, but I don't want to think about the Mets of last year or the Wilpon Mets because I don't think it's fair necessarily to this team. So I haven't done that. But, man, I'll tell you, throughout this game against Graham Ashcroft, against Joel Cohunel, against River San Martin, against Hunter Strickland, who we know, you know, obviously he was a Met briefly, I am cursing at the TV. Because we have seen an offense, even the first game of this series, when they scored seven runs, they should have scored more. Let's be honest. Like, even in that last inning, I think they were up 7-4 at the time. They had a leadoff double. They did nothing with it. So this entire series, and really over the last few weeks, it has felt as if even when they hit, they don't hit enough, if that makes any sense. And obviously, you lose a game like one nothing. You trail in a game like this, 3-2 to two for the last agonizing six innings of this game. It was tonight's game, and by tonight I mean the finale of this series against the Reds. I'm sure most people are listening the next day. Was the most infuriating Met game I watched all season long. And throughout this year, I've gained confidence in they'll come back because the Mets have shown a lot of fight, starting with that game against the Cardinals earlier this season, that miracle comeback when Arenado made the error to the great comeback against the Phillies. They've shown a lot of fight all season long. But from the beginning of this game on, it was frustrating. And I shouldn't say the beginning because in the first inning of this game, Jeff McNeil came through with a clutch hit. And it was a reminder of how much this team needs Jeff McNeil. But the rest of this game, go back to the third inning. 
Starling Marte shows this great hustle, infield hit, knows immediately that James Hoy had no idea what he was doing at first base. And please remind me, Pete, before I end up, before I stop talking about game three, before I move on, please remind me to rip Paul Clemens a new ass. He set back umpiring a decade in this game. But I digress. We'll get to that later. Lead off it from Marte. Pete Alonso has this just tremendous game. I love this about Pete. Pete was on with us a few days ago on Carton and Roberts, and I asked him, like, do you feel as locked in as you do in 2019? And what Pete said, and he's so right, is he feels better than 2019 because he's a better hitter now. May not hit us at many home runs, but he is a better pure hitter. Guy's hitting for a high average. Guy's ripping base hits the other way. Uh, he has really become a better all-around hitter. So he rips a single. So here we go. Two on. One out. Jeff McNeil. Boom. Double play. Dom Smith rips a double to lead off the fourth inning. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Eduardo Escobar can't move him over. Foul pop-up. Luis Guillerme, who's, for the most part, really cooled off after his hot streak, grounds out. And then, by the grace of God, Tomas Nito gets lucky as hell with a blue base hit to right field. But then again, they got two on, they got two out, Starling Marte ground out. One out double, Pete Alonso in the fifth inning. Nothing. Boom, boom. One out single in the sixth. Nothing. Two out single in the seventh. Nothing. Like, it was very, very frustrating, especially when you look at the amount of guys they had on base throughout this game. So it wasn't just the lack of big hits. It was, they're getting hits every inning against Graham Ashcroft, and they just can't get that big hit, nor could they get an extra base hit. They were struggling to get extra base hits. Dom had a couple of doubles in this game, but they went on a stretch from the previous game they lost one nothing to beginning of this game, where they had gone, I think, 11 straight hits or 10 straight hits in which they got zero extra base hits. But the one thing I did love, and you have to love, is what this bullpen did. Because we saw bad David Peterson in this game. David Peterson, the one who couldn't throw strikes, which we've seen throughout his tenure as a New York Met. David Peterson can't put together consistency. That's his biggest problem. Because we see him in spurts look utterly brilliant. Like Friday night. I think it was Friday night against Texas. And then he gives you this performance where really from the get-go, from when he hit Jonathan India to start the game and injured that poor bastard, he had a very difficult time throwing strikes throughout this game. And he got bailed out. That pickoff by Tomas Nito bailed him out in the fourth inning when he walks to seven, eight, and nine hitters back to back to back. But what an effort by Adonis Medina. Gets out of that David Peterson mess in the fourth. Pitches a clean fifth, a good sixth, runs into a little bit of trouble in the seventh inning. Buck pressed the right button, going to Holderman, who gets through it. Great effort by the bullpen, keeping this game close. Because this easily could become a game where Cincinnati tacks on against the Met bullpen, and instead of trailing 3-2 to two and just trying to get that one run to tie the game, they're down 5-2 and down 6-2. And with this offense, that would have felt like a hell of a lot more. It's a great effort by Adonis Medina. Congratulations, Adonis. Your reward, AAA Syracuse. But hell of a job, bro. Hell of a job. Terrible job by SNY. How about when Colin Holderman gives up a Kyle Former drive to left field and the SNY cameras are basically telling me home run. Insurance run. See you later. 
They don't even show Jeff McNeil. They show the freaking stands. This is why I go to as many games as I do. You want to know why? Because the camera work around Major League Baseball sucks. But great effort by this bullpen. And then you get to the ninth inning. Honestly, Pete, I want you to come clean with me. Ninth inning, down a run, Hunter Strickland on the mound, gets Mark Canada, hit the laziest pop-up in the world, one out, nobody on, down a run. You thought the Mets had no shot to come back in this game, correct? Oh, oh dude, I was ready to rip the team a new a-hole. I was done. <laughs> I was very upset, yes. No chance. Good. So you're being honest because I didn't think they had a chance either. I thought this dude, they've been over. they've been dead for like two days. It was it, it's it's been a very disappointing series. So yeah, I I just didn't expect anything any sort of life out of them. And, and maybe in a lot of weird ways, this comeback is as special, if not more special. And we should give it more time before I you know firmly say that. But in the moment, it feels more special because of the way the team is playing because of the lack of confidence you had that I had in the ninth inning of this game. I think there was a time maybe a month ago where down a run in the ninth inning, you're kind of rubbing your hands together saying, yeah, we're going to win. Yeah, we're going to win. We've shown fight all year. We're the freaking New York Mets. I think there was a mode throughout May in which a game like this would have been, of course we came back. So I think where this is in the season, look, the Braves never lose. We know how frustrating that is. And I'm so sick of hearing about, oh, they don't beat anybody. They just beat the St. Louis Cardinals. And we struggled against the Reds. Like, it doesn't matter who you beat. You just got to win. No one looks at the standings at the end of the year and says, well, you beat this team a certain amount of times. Nobody cares. So when you combine the fact that the Braves were winning, and the way I watch these games when I'm behind is if you Google Braves, like just Google Braves, it will just give you the updated score. So I happen to know from like the third inning on, the Braves won, which is different than I think most people watching the game because you're scoreboard watching, you're seeing it 0-0. I knew right away the Braves won because I wanted to know. Like I was able to do it, didn't spoil any other game. I got this whole DVR thing down to a science. You just Google Braves, I'm telling you. It tells you the score. So I think the Braves winning for me made this game even more frustrating to watch. But the fact that they were able to fight, the fact that Brandon Nimmo, who got, and I, I, I want to be careful how I say this because I don't like to complain about officials. I don't like to complain about umpires. And I thought Paul Clemens today was bad for everybody. This is not an anti-Met thing. But in that at-bat with Brandon Nimmo, he got absolutely filleted on a 1-0 pitch that was called a strike. It wasn't. I mean, everybody knows that. It was a ball. If memory serves correct, it was the 1-0 pitch. If I'm off by a pitch, I apologize. 